Welcome to the Mastering the Mind podcast. Today we welcome Claire Orsel to the podcast. Claire is a Belgian professional high jumper for Team Belgium. Some of Claire's achievements have been winning the 2019 French Championships in Saint-Étienne, jumping a PB of 1.94 meters, qualifying for the 2019 World Athletics Championships finals. Outside of sport, Claire is studying a master's degree in events management. So let's welcome Claire to the podcast. Thank you, Claire, for, for coming on. Um, a good way that we like to, to kind of start the podcast is to, to, get the know, to get to know the guest better. Um, so yeah. who is Claire Orsel? Tell us about everything about you. Ooh, where to start? Um, with athletics or even before or? Everything, right from the beginning. Well, uh, I was born tall. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, with there. No, um, sports related. Uh, I was doing when I was a kid uh, gymnastics because uh, my entire family was doing gymnastics. All the girls, so it was supposed to be like that. So that's what I was doing. This and uh, I was pretty awful because I'm quite tall. Like I'm 190, so gymnastics and being tall is not really fitting together. Um, and so during high school, uh, my sports teacher told me like I had some potential in athletics. So she told me, you should check sometimes, go to a stadium, we'll see, track and field is nice. And I was like, okay, let's go, let's do this, let's try. And, uh, and yeah, I went there, I tried. Uh, first of all, I was doing a long jump. I was, uh, it was easier for me because long jump is more like natural. It's yeah. more natural than high jump. It's just going forward, it's, it's easier. And then uh, I tried high jump and yeah. On the other side, I have another passion. I like horse riding a lot. And, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, quite young, I figured that I wanted to be a professional athlete. So I was already at 13, 14 focused on the athletics and uh, it was all for the sports. And yeah, and since now I'm just studying, doing sports and that's basically it. <laughs> Is your family like really into sports generally or how was that? Like, how did you really, what was your, where did your passion for sports come from really? Like, was it just doing it at school or yeah i mean yeah at school that was my best class thing i'll say i was okay. really bad at math at everything but sports was always really funnier for me to me mm. and uh, my dad uh he did a little bit of everything uh he tried skateboarding basketball football tennis i mean little, legit a little bit of everything and uh, my mommy was doing horse riding and yeah i think like both of them like to move a lot. They hate sitting on a chair. So I guess, I guess that's, that's why. <laughs> you do any horse riding still or, or is that in the past now? Uh, it, it, has, it has to be in the past because um, at, in the beginning I wanted to do both. But at some point I, I got injured for, from horse riding. And so I could not compete at Belgium Championship. And I was like, okay, now I have to choose. So... I chose athletics, but I'm just like, okay, I have athletics now. I'm going to stop with athletics at, at 30 years old. And then after, I'm just going to do horse riding. So it's just a pause with horse riding, I guess. Yeah. I told you it was a popular sport here in Belgium, or horse riding. We had another guest on, so Laurence de Vos, and uh, he also did horse riding back in the day. Um, and uh, yeah, it seems to be like even... People around me, like here in Belgium, they do a lot of horse riding. It's uh, it's not very popular in the UK, is it? 
It's uh, I, yeah. It's uh, you gotta be rich to do it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of that. It's kind of like with golfing. Here, it's the opposite. Like, golfing is kind of the seen as the rich sport, whereas in in, in the UK, like anyone can go. Like, it's so uh, so much more relaxed. There's n no one will look look at you strangely or the wrong way. So that's what. Yeah, I guess it's uh, pros yeah. and cons. Was but, it always? Um, um, was it so obviously you talked about doing long jump um did you ever compete uh, doing long jump or was it did, did you yeah, find yeah, you yeah, for high yeah, jump yeah. okay what was that like no um it was like first of all i mean in the beginning beginning like when i arrived at the track uh, i was uh, supposed to do multi-event because every single new athlete has to try a little bit of everything before focusing on one event okay. and uh, i was looking for the multi coach and uh, he wasn't there so i was just asking the random dude like uh, where is he and he turned he looked at me like that and he, i was 12 years old one 180 tall so he just looked at me and said you're coming with me we're gonna try high jump so <laughs> i had no choice actually <laughs> but um yeah. i went to high jump and i found it really funny but in the beginning, you know, when you're young, you're just training once or twice a week, not too much because like it's, it's a lot for the body. And, um, and so I was kind of doing high jumps sometimes, but more long jump and long jump. I was competing straight. I think my very first competition was, I think maybe it was long jump. I'm not quite sure if it was high jump or long jump, but uh, yeah, in the beginning I was, I mean, 12 years old, really tall. So it was easier for me. I won some competition in long jump. That was funny. And um, at some point in 2014, it was just like, okay, long jump is funny, but I mean, you know, you have some more potential for high jump. So let's try more working on high jump. And um, and 2014 was the first international competition I did and it was in high jump. So yeah, since then I'm staying with high jump. This is a question I'd like to ask uh, guests who, who have done previous sports before specializing in their pro sport. Did you learn anything from like high jump or horse riding that you were able to apply to, um, sorry, long jump, that you were able to apply to high jump or not so much? Was it I mean, very different? No, I mean, with jumping events, like you have the rhythm. So, mm. I mean, in long jump, you have more steps, of, of course, but it's still a question of rhythm and takeoff. So, I mean, the takeoff in high jump is a bit different because, I mean, there is all the rotation and stuff and uh, you have less speed, but the, it's kind of the same, like, rhythm, full approach, like, you really have to focus and to to, to run your approach, like, uh, you, it's it's a whole process and, uh, and in high jump is, is the same and just, yeah, I mean, it, it is helpful. If I would have started with a shot put, it would not be the same results, I guess. For sure. Talking yeah. about but that I think rhythm. in athletics, like, you can pick a little bit of everything, like... Uh, yeah yeah no, like no, no. <laughs> talking about that rhythm and uh, the routine we had Alessia trust on uh talking about her pre-performance routine what are the thoughts that go on uh before jumping for you uh, i mean it, it's really simple when i'm competing practicing competition is really different but competing i'm just looking at the bar like my coach tells me like he gives me one advice at a time and um, and I'm just like looking at the, the bar. Okay, the coach said do this. And then when I start, I have no clue what I'm doing. I'm just counting one, two, three, four, because I have eight steps to do. And after four until the landing, I have no clue what I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> it's just like my body is doing everything by itself. 
<laughs> what do you love so much about um high jump what what are the aspects that really make you love the sport I'm, I'm curious to know well it's really technical and i like all the single little single details you have to work really specifically and uh and yeah i mean of course you're jumping so you're flying in the air at some point it's really impressive it's really beautiful and uh it's I mean, let's, to be honest, like the trainings are not so hard. If you're doing like 400 meters, it's 10 times harder than, than high jump. Mm -hmm. High jump, like I have no conditioning. I, I'm really bad at this. And it's just like focusing on details, like having a good run up. I, I don't know. It's just, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, why I love it so much. But I guess I love jumping and long jump or high jump is just like you're in the air at some point and you're going to land and as high or as far as possible. And that's what I like the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really love doing it. I think I've mentioned this before, like at school doing like doing high jump. Um, I think my record was one meter 60 and I was really proud of that. That was like the one of the highest scores. But seeing you guys achieve like 194, one, like it's crazy. I don't know how you do it. Well, um, you know, like there's always that. I remember when I was uh, younger, like the biggest achievement was uh, clearing 180. The first time I did it, and still now it's funny, but I mean, I do it every single competition. But every time the bar starts to reach 180, I'm just like, okay, this is 180. This is high now. Like this is like you're getting into the business. But, I mean, it's it's nothing anymore. But, you know, like... With high with jumping even such as pole vault and high jump, you know, you you legit see the bar raising, raising. Mm -hmm. And every single athlete has like um at certain heights, like all the pressure is like 190, 180, all the tens for high jump and pole vault too, yes. Like it's it's a step, it's a big step. Like it's funny. Mm -hmm. Something we found with high jump, um, having previous podcasts with different athletes, is the sort of community that's built around. Uh, high jump how have you found that and who are some of your closest friends in high jump um well erica kinsey the swedish one she was such she's such a sweetheart but she just retired this year so i'm really sad i'm not gonna be able to see her anymore um but also i mean every single girls are really really sweet i have um i i have a very good friend from switzerland salome lang she was also at the olympics and uh and i mean alessia trust also nicola mcdermott they are all really really sweet and also the guys because the guys are also really nice and um trick is with with jumping even i mean in athletics in general the main competition i mean besides championship all the um diamond leagues and stuff it's never women and men high jump together so we don't have the chance to meet all the everybody together and it's really funny when you have a a meeting just high jump meeting like there are some indoors some outdoors like that just high jump meetings and then you see everybody and it's like all my high jump community boys and girls like it's really really nice mm -hmm. is that oh, yeah. something very specific i think in athletics like we both play football and you would never see that at all um it's like you have your the opponent is the enemy it's not your friend so that's something that no. really shocked us talking to different athletes. Like that's how it is. It's really, uh, it's really interesting. Um, but I mean, in the beginning, you know, like when you're young, you're competing against people. And I mean, everybody has a competitive mindset, of course, because you're not doing high level, if not, 
but then you get into the arena when you're like first meeting with the, all the international guys that you're watching on TV and just it's like, okay, what the fuck is this? I'm, I'm with <laughs> it now to compete against them. Fucking hell. And in the beginning, you have this competition mindset and you're like, oh, I want to beat them, but you have no chance to beat them because they're 10 times better than you. And so you're just like, okay, you know what? It's just, it's not me against them. It's me against the bar. And I'm just going to focus on the bar and... And even sometimes Erica, once my coach was not there and she was helping me and trying to coach me. And it happens a lot when, I mean, the coaches are not able to come to every single competition through all Europe and stuff. So it even happens that we give advice to each other and it's really, really nice. Mm -hmm. You mentioned during an interview that um, you're not a quitter and you never give up and that you're a hard worker. Where do you, uh, where do you think you got these values? Um, I mean, family for sure, because I mean, we all have like strong, uh, I don't know, gros caractère, comment tu dis ça en anglais? Uh, like, a not personality, <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, character or like, uh, I don't know. I'll, let's just go with character. <laughs> yeah, I have a very strong personality. So if somebody says no to me, I'm just going to look at what you, you're telling me I can't do this. Well, I'm just going to prove you I can do it. Like just it is how it is all the time. And that's really how it's working for me. And with my coach, he's always challenging me like, I bet you cannot do this. Like, you think I cannot do it? I'm going to show you I can do it. And it's just like, yeah, pride, I guess at some point. And yeah, I just want, yeah, I don't know. I'm just sometimes dumb because I just want to do it and beat the others like no matter what and sometimes I have to think a little bit more but yeah it's it is just like that uh is Thierry Brigamont you're still your coach right yeah he's um, my coach since day one okay cool and um how important has he been uh, for your career and your development I mean he taught me everything about high jump and like now I'm working with another coach and so they're working together and I really see the difference between Thierry and the other one because I trust him so much now like he can tell me anything like I'm just going to do it in competition you know you can choose if you want to clear the, to try the bar on just to pass to the next um height and um Thierry can tell me like start with an 80 and then do 190 and I'm just going to look he says I'm going to do it if other coaches say that I'm just going to look at them like are you sure I can do it and I don't know, there is so much trust in it between us and uh, he taught me everything. So starting from there, like he, I mean, if I'm good now, it's thanks to him. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So he really tests you like during your trainings and you, you spoke about the element of trust like that, that as we know, um, only me from studying sports psychology and the coach athlete relationship, that's so important uh between like to have to have a good relationship between the coach and the athlete so yeah tell us more about that is that really the foundation of the relationship that element of trust yeah i mean it's it, it is really important so as i said my new coach like we're he has to to i have to trust him more and we are building the the, the this relationship so the trust is not 100 there now but with my other one um we started from scratch together. So the trust is so important, especially in high jump, because it's not like if you're running a hundred meters, like the coach is in, he can be in the arena or not. I mean, you're just running your hundred meters. He's not going to help you in high jump. The coach is with you the whole time. Each attempt you go to see him, you ask him questions. He gives you a feedback. And it's really important that you have the, the right um, energy in front of you also, because if you're panicking, he has to know what to do. He has to know how to act. 
as I said, with me, I like my coach to give me one advice a time, like per thing. And it's really important to to have this trust and just I'm not I'm not gonna focus like oh my coach is telling me this oh I don't believe him it's not the moment during competition to have these kind of uh, thoughts mm-hmm. so it's just like he says I'm doing and point and uh, trust is really important in this case. I'm interested to know um, how many athletes does a coach like that take on um, at such a high level? Does he have many athletes or does he just have a couple? Or is it just you? I don't know if it's a Belgian thing, but I think in athletics in Belgium, like there, there is not a lot of a professional team or professional group. I mean, it happens with uh, the Borlees because they are 400 meter uh, runners. So they need to be together, you know, in order to improve. Same with the distance runner. But with technical events, most of the time, the coach has only one good athlete. And, uh, okay. and so all the focus is on, uh, is, on, uh, is on me. So, yeah, I'm the only one. <laughs> I suppose that's really good in a way because you get all the focus. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's also like um, I went to study in America for a year and I had to to train with another girl. She has the same level as uh, as I, I has, as I had back then. And it was awful in practice because I was always in competitive mode in practice and it was not working. So at some point, it's good to be alone so you can just focus on yourself and train. But also, like, I know if I'm on training camp with other jumpers, I'm, my, my, I'm not going to be in a training mindset. I'm just going to be like, okay, they're doing this. I have to clear the bar better than, than them. And so I, th- I know I have to change th- this mindset because, like, it's also good to have somebody with you in, in practice to challenge you, but not to be such an incompetitive mindset all the time, you know? So mm. it's good at some point, but it's like, it has pros and cons, like, yeah. Mm. Talking about competing. Um, let's talk about your career and some of your achievements. So you beat your personal best at St. Etienne. How did that make you feel? I mean, it was amazing. I mean, every each time you you, you do a new PB, it's amazing. Like, uh, it, it was a great day. Uh, it was so freaking hot. The day before, it was supposed to be qualification, but it was raining so, so bad. And uh, the French Federation was like, you know what, just go war- do your warm-up. It was awful. I never had to jump in such a rainy day. It was crazy bad. And we finished our warm-up, and then the, um, the French Federation told us, like, oh, you know what, we're just going to skip qualification. Go back home, come tomorrow, we're going to do the final. I was like, why did I even warm up? Like, this is ridiculous. So we went back, and then the next day I was just annoyed by all this shitty organization i'll say Mm. and um but i don't know i felt so confident the full season i was just in the mode like trust the process you know what you've been doing in practice i was crazy strong that year and i was just like i know it's gonna come at some point i don't know when but i know it's gonna come and i was just so relaxed everything was so fluent like i don't know um I don't know what yes the flow i think it's the flow um on in a psychological like you just I'm not thinking, I'm just doing. And I don't know what's happening. Like, I, I, I don't know what's happening. It's just so fluent, so easy. You're not doing any effort. And uh, it's not happening every single competition. Definitely not. But that day, it was just perfect. So, yeah. yeah. I was going to ask that. On that day, why do you think you hit that PB? Was it specifically because you felt like you was in flow state? Or was there anything else that you felt on that day mm, that made me feel much stronger? Or... 
the whole year like the whole year i was doing a great year um and the all the trainings were going so well i was doing all my pbs in practice so i, I knew i was strong and i and i went on competition and the beginning of the the summer season was hard because i i mean i pb'd on uh end of july beginning of august i don't really remember but beginning of july i was at the european um under 23 championship and i was fifth fifth jumping 198 and i got so angry because most of the time on the under 23 when you're doing 188 you're on the podium and i was fifth and i missed my 92 attempt so it was so close and i had frustration that day the day the week after i had another frustration i was doing 91 but never 94 and 94 was the qualification standard for the world champs so I was annoyed and angry and I was just like, I know it's going to come at some point. We're just going to focus on it. And that's what it, it happens that day. So it was good. <laughs> Oli, uh, Claire's a traitor. She has dual uh, nationality. Yeah. She's a uh, French and Belgian. That's a, uh, that's a huge red flag there. I'm not having that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is support. It is support. Like, um, like say if like France and Belgium are competing. In football or what? Football, yeah, yeah. none of them. None yeah. of them. I'm not sure. What? <laughs> none of them. I'm sorry. None of them. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I'm not serious. Oh, my God. No, Do you not like football? Uh, not that much. So it's easier to say not, uh, none of them. And football is stealing all the the all the, the TV stuff. So, I mean, come on. Let's say let's keep some room for athletics, please. So, yeah, no. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's true. That's fair enough. <laughs> Um, so next up was your uh, the World Championships in Doha. Um, would you say that was kind of the championships where you kind of um, bursted on the scene, where Claire Horsel kind of yeah introduced herself to the world? Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, first of all, Doha was so late in the season. It was end of September. Usually, our season ends end of August, beginning of September. So the whole preparation had to we had to change all the plans because it was late in the in the season. And uh, and yeah, I remember before the qualification, we were all in the call room and I was looking at all the girls. I was I remember I was I think on the start list uh, 25th on the start list and I was looking at all the girls. Okay, who's gonna go um, in the final? I was counting, counting. She's gonna go. She's gonna definitely go. She of course she's going. She's going. And I was like ending ending with 14 girls. I was like there is no way I'm getting into that final. There is no way. It's, it's not possible. And, uh, and it happens, it was nice. <laughs> now my coach legit said um, before the competition, if you clear 92 first attempt, you should be fine for the final. And my coach is always right, so he was right. So yeah. Did you learn anything from that kind of uh, experience? Um, experiencing that kind of final, maybe, you know, the kind of pressure or anything like that? Did you kind of use that experience for later on in your career? Um, Yes, I mean, of course, every single championship is an experience itself, but mm. um, I was quite chill. Like most of the time, I mean, my previous competition was a, a European senior outdoor championship in 2018. And I injured my back there because I was panicking so bad that um, I have a dyscalonia and it came back during that competition. It was pretty bad. And um, I learned like all through all those um, experiences that I was just having fun. I'm like, now I'm doing it. I'm at the world championship. I have nothing to do there. Like, I mean, I'm there. That's nice, but nobody expect anything from me. So if I make it to the final, it's just bonus. And when I made it to the final, I was so happy. Like the final itself was just 
like it was just a prize, you know, you're there, you're competing. I had my little uh, final, uh, you know, when they introduce all the, the finalists, yeah. it was nice, but my mommy could see me on TV once. Yay. <laughs> but um, it, it, it was just, yeah. I mean, the only like new thing I learned in the final, because in the end, high jump competition, a meeting is just a meeting. It's you, the board, the, the others, and you're just trying your best. And um, again, all the, the, the same psychological thing, it was um, the starting heights, because, you know, the starting heights, it depends on the kind of competition you're doing. And uh, for the final, it was 184. And that was my panic because I never started at 184. Like the, I tried to start 180, but 184 was really high. So the whole warm-up time, I was just clearing the bar. I think I tried in the warm-up like five times to clear the bar. I was like, I'm not starting this fucking competition until I clear this bar in the warm-up. That was my only concern. I was just like, I don't want to do three files, uh, falls in um, in the beginning. Like that's, there is no way. And I didn't want it to, la to end up last. So I was like super motivated. And when I saw a girl that was 12, I was like, okay, now I can feel. <laughs> but I was also exhausted from the whole season. And I was just like, Let's just have fun and uh and it was a great experience i had no regrets and then i could i remember i was just sitting with the um, german girl we were just watching uh, lasiskene and mahuchik having crazy final which is like fucking hell they're on another planet another level it's it's, it's so far away it's like yeah it was nice <laughs> so these past years uh you trained really hard to try and reach the tokyo olympics uh, and unfortunately, you didn't quite make it, but it was one place, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, one place. That, yeah. One it's, place. It's yeah. even worse, I think. I, I think I would have preferred being 40 or something than 33rd out of 32. Like. You reckon? You reckon? Nah, that's one place is is very, very close. And it, you know, in high level sports, it's, it's, it's yeah, a small I difference. Know, it, it, I mean, 2020 was really bad because thanks to Doha, I, I was really good in the ranking. I was 22nd, I think. And the whole year, like, went and I was not doing well. I was panicking because during 2020, I ended up my season with a really bad um, ankle injury. And it was, of course, my takeoff foot because if it's not the takeoff foot, it's not funny. So it has to be that one. And uh, it was a really bad one. I wanted to jump in the end of the season still. So I did some competition, but it was not really a good idea. But whatever, it, it, I did it points. And then 2021, I just wanted, uh, 2020, yes, 21. I just wanted to do so well that I was just focusing way too much or not getting injured um trying new things getting better and i was just going all everywhere and nowhere at some point mm -hmm. and um and yeah all the panic beginning of may i twisted my ankle again because <laughs> like i think i twist my ankle two three times a year so it's really <sighs> annoying and um and then i had pain the whole june the whole uh, june and um and i was looking at the ranking and every single day i was getting down 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 and you know like everybody was even the olympic committee they were like we already saved your we booked your ticket we were 100% sure you would go because the whole season i was going so I had meeting with um, um tvs like journalists and everybody the whole year coming asking to me like how is it going to be what do you know and it ended up not going at all. And that was awful because I was just like, I can't do anything. I'm not strong enough. And I know it because at practice, I'm not showing anything good. And I'm just panicking because my foot is not uh, well. And <clears throat> it was really, really hard times. So yeah, 
it was a sensitive topic. I had two months, like when I knew I was not competing at the Olympics, I was like, you know, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give up on this season. Fuck it. I'm not gonna go to practice every single day, knowing everybody's in Tokyo for what? For some very few competitions, the end of August, doing what? Nothing. Good competitions. I'm not gonna go because obviously I'm not at the Olympics, so nobody give a fuck about me anymore. So I'm just gonna be doing some shitty competitions in Belgium low level like and not even maybe being sure of jumping well like it was just like screw it i'm off bye bye social media i'm just gonna live my life for a month and a half like goodbye have you taken the time now to sort of have your ankle recover properly um and do you feel like you're no <laughs> no <laughs> Okay, this is this is a, a. I'm not saying this to anyone, but you're gonna know. So everybody's gonna know. Whatever. Like my ankle is not doing well at all. Um, we are. I mean, I mean, actually, it, it is annoying because on the old images, MRI and stuff, everything is fine, but I have pain. So, right. like the tendons, the ligaments, um, the muscles, bones, everything is fine, but I'm in pain. So. We don't really know what to do anymore, but I mean, I have an amazing physio. He's uh, trying everything he can. And uh, I guess, I mean, I believe in the happy ending. I know at some point it's, it's going to be all right. So I'm just going to pass through all this mess and um, and hopefully it's going to it's going to be better. Yeah, I have weak ankles too, don't worry. Uh, I think it might be a genetic thing. I don't know. Yeah, but it I... is definitely. My, my um, ankles are like gummies. You can do whatever you want with it. Like it's, it, it's ridiculous like i i roll my ankle like twice a year like playing yeah. football it ha like it has to happen like i'm just waiting for for the ball on the side of my ankle to you know uh, it's just horrible i, I can compete with it i think my my sort of ankle is like in your sense mine's my knees like they always play off and my dad's knees are exactly the same um so yeah it, it must be slightly genetics yeah it is yeah, it is for sure it is for sure but even when I walk, like my mommy was uh, wanted to go for a walk with me and she's like, I can even go on a walk with you. I'm just looking on the floor the whole time. I'm just like anything, everything has to be flat because if it's not flat, I'm going to twist my ankle. And uh, I'm really knowing because like, you know, the track and field, there is the track and there is the grass. I'm never stepping on that fucking grass because I know <laughs> if there is a little, little, little tiny bump, I'm going to twist my ankle. It, it, it goes so quickly today my coach says like okay you're gonna recover from this but then you cannot have any uh, ankle uh, twist your ankle anymore i'm just like are you kidding of course it's gonna happen of course it's gonna happen but we'll see at that moment like step by step how are you finding actually just being out injured is it um taking a toll on you or are you still positive i mean honestly like it is hard because you give 100 percent like I, I dedicate my whole life to athletics. Like my school is adapted. Every, I'm not going out. I'm not doing anything. And I'm not procrastinating or waiting on the injury to go. You know, I see doctors. I, I do everything I can. And it's getting long because 2020 was, um, I could not compete due to an injury. 2021 injury, the same one. And now it's again, the same problem and it's not going away. And I had two months off and it's not going away. And you're just like, what can I do now? Because at some point I need to be jumping again. And at the moment, I don't want to try to jump because it's not going to go well. And I just, I, I don't know. I'm just like, okay, let's try to find some goal, something to hold on. But yeah, sometimes, uh, I mean, some days are better than others. So yeah. Yeah, we, we both had also quite bad injuries in our football career. So 
yeah that what you said there like goal setting is so helpful for, for during that period because you can lose sight of what you're actually um working towards um and having those small goals is really useful as well um you know to, to try and accomplish maybe like day by day or week by week but uh, yeah i completely understand but uh, yeah we know that you studied a master's degree in events management have you ever thought of like whilst you're injured maybe focusing on something else uh, other than just high jump uh, maybe having a look at something like that that's that's why i'm still doing studies i mean first of all because we are in belgium sports is nice but huh, we are in belgium so a degree is really important and uh, a master degree also and i and i know like thanks to this this these studies like when i'm bad in athletics maybe i'm not bad at school and sometimes i can do great exams and i'm really happy about it even if in athletic side health side is not that nice so it's i think it's really important for the balance of, an, of a person to have not 100 your life dedicating something because if it's not going well like you're in depression and uh yeah. that's really important to to still doing some studies even even though i would prefer to be <laughs> training all the time but at some point like moments like these i'm, I'm happy to to go to school and to to have something else to do than just waiting yeah no that's class we've said that countless times haven't we on this on this podcast like the the whole identity crisis you know when a professional athlete uh has to quit due to injury or when they retire like it's like you said it's important to have both um yeah for, for like work opportunities and also for like that identity crisis it's less yeah. of a brutal you know like a and and even like i'm i'm also learning that like the athlete that I am doesn't define me, the person I am, you know, and when the athlete is, is bad, I mean, and not jumping high, it doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. I suck. I, I worth nothing, you know, and, and again, school helps me with this because I know I'm a good student. It's working well for me at school. So at least it's, it helps me keep my thoughts that I'm valuable. And, um, and I really have to split like athletics is not going well. I'm jumping bad, but it doesn't mean like I suck, I, I screw it and, uh, and I have no value. It's really important to make this distinction. And when you're young, it's hard. And, you know, like the more um, experience you get, uh, the easier it gets. And you can like really split this. So, mm. yeah. Whilst we're on the topic of like things like identity, let's talk about the psychology of high jump. So we read in an interview that you mentioned that psychology plays a huge role in high jump. What do you sort of mean by this? Why do you think it's so important? I mean, same as I said, like in high pole vault and high jump, these are the two events like you see legit what you have to clear. Like it's yeah. really like not even before doing the effort, before jumping, you see the bar and you're just like mentally, fuck, this is getting high. Fuck, this is my new PB. And in high jump, every time you finish your competition, I mean, most of the time you finish on fails, you know? It's not like I'm, I'm jumping one, two meters, I'm stopping. No, you're going to try higher and it's not going to work. So you always end up with a little frustration and uh, you have to deal with this. And yeah, I mean, high jump competition is not like 20 minutes. It, it's an hour, an hour and a half. It's long. You have to stay focused. You have to be able to be 100% focused at the right moment and to relax at some point. To, I mean, you cannot stay focused an hour and a half, you know. So it's really all this manage, managing part that is uh, tricky. And uh, yeah, I mean, as I said, as I mentioned for the, the world champs, 
starting with 184, that was really, really scary for me. And it was like, I was panicking. Fuck, how am I going to fo- How am I gonna do this? I've never done it. It's really high. And I feel shit because I've been competing two days before. So I feel sore. I feel tired. How, how is it going to happen? And um, that's where you have to be, to, to be strong and to say, stay strong and mentally be okay. Like, just do it. Stop thinking. Just go and, and try your best and we'll see the results. Mm. So, yeah. You talk about management. Talk us through how you manage uh, your kind of competition. What's your go-to strategy? Depends on the season. If the season is well. <laughs> yeah. If, if I just feel confident, I, I just want to, in the beginning, I was putting so much pressure on my, on my shoulders. I wanted to prove to everyone how amazing I was because, I mean, I believe in my potential and I know at some point I'm going to be, I mean, my potential is more than two meters and I know it for, by fact. And every competition in the beginning, I just wanted to show, to showcase everybody, hey, look how amazing I am. And it's not working like that. Like you have to build everything. And there is so many factors, different things that's going to make you do a nice competition or a bad one and and in the beginning i was putting so much pressure on myself and then now i'm just like you know what just go there do your best and try your best if it's working nice if it's not working okay try to learn the lesson and train go back to practice and then come back the next week trying to new things and yeah i'm just if you're chiller if you're not so tense so stressed so i want so I was willing to give so too much, you know, and just mm. focus, stay chill and go there, have fun, and we will see the results. Have you, have you ever worked with a sports psychologist? Because you talk about the importance of it. Yeah, uh, I mean, is this I, where I, you've learned? <laughs> is this where you've learned all this? Yeah, no, I mean, he, he has to deal with me uh, once a week, once each two weeks. So okay. yeah, I, I see him quite often because after the... Um, European champs when I injured my back because I had a disc hernia in 2017 and in Berlin I was so panicking about this whole new thing because I was with all the big guys I'll say and that was the first for me and uh, I was just panicking and I really got injured just because of due to stress so my coach was like you're going to see somebody because that's not good and you cannot do this anymore and yeah I'm working with my my mental coach uh of, uh, I mean, I see him once a week and uh, we are working on lots of stuff because uh, I'm a bit crazy and there is lots of things happening. In my <laughs> so <laughs> It's so encouraging to hear that because obviously you might know as well, like sports psychology, mental health, etc. I've said that countless times also in Belgium is very limited. It's not all developed. So it's actually really, really encouraging that you're uh, seeing someone. Yeah, but you know, like um, ADEPS, so the yeah, Fed, yeah. Uh, Federation, they have like uh, some specialists that all the pro athletes, professional athletes can go to and it's free for us. So, and there is a, a few mental coach and uh, okay. I mean, I was like, they offer the help. Why not just try, you know, most of the time when I say to people, I'm going to my psychologist to just look at, look at me like you crazy or what? I mean, yes, I'm crazy, but not, I'm not, crazy. I'm not going to, to him because I'm crazy. You know, like people have so make so many mistakes about this. Like yeah. this, everybody needs one and it can help anyone about anything. And like, just go, if I want to put into, to reach my, my potential, I have to give everything. And uh, yeah. it's really important too. Did you find it hard at the beginning to kind of understand what it was or were you very aware of how it could help, et cetera? Or? I was, I think I was quite aware, but mm. the most important was like, okay, I'm going to go see somebody, but I want to have a connection with that person because, you know, 
it's so important when you sit down and you just look at that person, the energy, you know, if you, if you feel there is the right energy, I mean, because as I said to my coach, if I go, I'm just going to be an open book. But to, in order to be an open book, I, I have to, to feel and to, and to think like, okay, now I can be, I, I can be me. And, um, and, uh, and yeah, I, so thank God the first one was the right one. So I saw him and I was like, okay, I, I can be chill and uh, he's not going to hurt me or he's not going to, I don't know, he's going to, he's going to be good to me. So was just like, I'm just going to go as an open book. And I mean, maybe I was not hundred percent open, but in my head I was open. So <laughs> he's, he's the judge in the end, but yeah, so it was, a, it was important. Fantastic. That's good that you found a sports psychologist that you like. When talking about working with a sports psychologist, um, I don't know whether you've ever worked on things like routines or anything like that, but let's say you're on the morning of the day that you compete. How do you feel you best prepare before stepping out to compete? Like, talk us through the whole day that would lead you to optimal performance. I mean, every competition I do the exact same thing. I mean, I try the best to do the exact same because just I'm just like, you know, I'm not thinking, I'm just doing so I wake up, depends on what time is the competition, but I wait, let's say I wake up, I take my breakfast. If I'm at, at the hotel, it's going to be uh, scrambled eggs and bacon and bread. Okay. If it's at home, it's going to be my home stuff, but <laughs> it's always the same. <laughs> and, um, and then I'm just going to go back uh, to, the, to the bedroom. Usually it's afternoon or evening. I mean, kind of end of the afternoon, beginning of the evening. So I'm just going to take a quick nap, 30 minutes, nothing more, because then I'm just down. And, uh, and then lunch. And then it's going to be funny, but <laughs> I need to get on my warrior mode. What is my warrior mode? Okay. It is music on and I do all my makeup. I need to put <laughs> my, my warrior mask to be able to be 100% ready. And uh, so during... Yeah. How long does it take me? Okay, it's, it takes me two hours, but because I'm slow, wow. I'm, I'm slow I, I take my time, you know. It just, I mean, it just helps me to to get in the mood, you know. And since I'm doing this every time, I'm just like, okay, now I'm feeling confident. My my back, my I do my backpack in the morning, so everything is done, everything is clear, dressing up, everything, and I'm and then I'm ready. I'm just let's go it. I always drink my red Aquarius. So I always, uh, always can go buy the bottle and, uh, and one banana in my bag and then uh, I can go. <laughs> what type of music are you listening to to get you in the mood and into that warrior? Uh, it depends. It's a, kind of a bit of everything. Like I like commercial music, old ones. Like I, I listen legit to a little bit of everything, but it has to be energetics. Some people like your, your, your playlist is way, has way too much energy. I'm tired after it, but I'm just getting in the mood, you know, like I need to, to be 100% motiv motivated. Yeah. But when, I'm, when I'm, I'm doing my warm up, I have no music, no nothing, because then I okay. need to be in the focus mode. So it's before putting my mic on and everything, and then. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever use anything like uh, psychological skills, like when, when you're actually on the um, field? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you use any breathing techniques or self talk? Do you talk to yourself? Um, obviously, you don't listen to music. Um imagery anything yeah, like that sometimes yes sometimes yes but i'm not quite convinced about that part because i have okay. no good imagination so it's really hard for me to, to put the, the the scene in my head but i know like i'm more about doing this the, for the rhythm and and yeah no yeah. breathing i'm really bad at it my <laughs> at this my coach always says like when i'm doing my weightlifting uh, sessions he says breathe and i was like yes i'm doing it because you know if you're not doing it what's happening what you're dying thank you, 
That's a Belgian humor right there, Hall. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, the breathing definitely not. I'm really struggling with this, but yeah, I'm not the the best example for all this stuff. But I try at least. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Um, in terms of what it takes to become a successful high jumper, something I've started asking all all guests is. What psychological qualities do you feel make a successful high jumper? Well, first of all, I'm not quite sure I'm successful yet, but... I'm, uh, I'm you, you're too modest, Whoa. you're too modest. Oh, hopefully Come I'm on my way. No, I mean, there's so many frustrations around, but whatever. Okay, let's say um, dedication, motivation, passion, and yeah, I mean, it's just... If you like something that much, I think it's the same for everyone. If you have a passion, if you like something that much, you're just going to give 100% all your energy and you know you have to make some sacrifices, obviously, with um, uh, school uh, friends and stuff. But it's not even sacrifices because you know why you're doing it. And and the goal is so much bigger than just going on a random night with friends and stuff. Like, just be 100% motivated, dedicated. And of course, I mean, every top athlete has to get some talent, obviously, and uh, to work hard. And uh, and it, it, it will pay off if you give your... If you dedicate 100%, it's, it's going to pay off at some point. I feel like a big one for you, uh, just from talking to you, is um, confidence. Like, I feel like if you're confident, then you, I feel like you perform well, just from hearing from your experiences, especially yeah. when you're looking at the bar before competition. I feel like when you've talked about your successful stories, when you've looked at that bar and not really thought and you, you're confident in your own ability, then you've gone on to achieve great things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, as as I said, 2019. If I had to 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 say to use one sentence to describe the year, it, I was just trusting the process. Like when you know everything was going well, everything is going as, as planned. I just believe, as I said, happy ending, trust the process. At some point, it's just gonna show up, you know. So just chill, chill, kind of try to relax also. But it's gonna happen at some point, and. Even now, like now I'm injured, but I, I, I truly believe at some point it's going to be something is going to be nice for me in the end. I don't know when it's going to be, if it's going to be this year, next year. I don't know. But if you give, if you dedicate yourself to, to your passion, at some point it's going to show and you're going to get the reward of all the hard work. And yeah, because I, I, I'm always thinking about this because if not, I'm, I'm somebody that's... Um, um think way too much there's so much thing happening in my head i'm always questioning myself about tons of stuff but i'm just yeah. putting this this way so i'm not focusing i'm just like okay it's gonna be all right at some point i don't know when but it is and uh that helps me to stay motivated and go to training every single day even it's when it's raining and stuff like that yeah i'm the same i'm sort of an overthinker and thinking about everything all the time yeah. what i have to do I, I just have to get it down on paper like as soon as i've got it down on paper then it's sort of set for me and i understand what i need to do but I'm one who's always constantly ticking over, you know, in my head. Yeah, and, panic- sometimes. and panicking. And I, I'm somebody that panics really quickly. So, for example, if I if I feel something in my foot, I mean, especially in my foot because my foot is a mess, but I'm just going to be, oh, fuck, it's, it's, it's getting bad. So I need to see the doctor, I need to see my physio, I need to make all those appointments and I need to go, you know. Yeah. And that's a bit too, too, too much, but oh, I'm yeah. relax, but it's just, I'm just panicking all the time. And and just having this mindset, like it's gonna be all right at some point. I don't know what's gonna be all right. Maybe it's gonna be stopping with athletics and starting a new job. I don't know what it's gonna be, but at some point it's gonna be all right. And I'm just following the path. Like life's gonna guide me somewhere, and I believe in my happy ending, and it will happen eventually. So I'm sure it will. Um, another question I was gonna uh, I was gonna ask you was traveling. So obviously, being an athlete, you have to travel to all these different competitions. 
how is that how do you kind of cope with that is it really mentally draining or do you really enjoy seeing these different places or t- tell us more about that well this year i discovered it was pretty exhausting <laughs> yeah because um i mean i love traveling like uh, just give me a plane ticket i'm going anywhere you want but you know when you're doing small meetings each yeah. week and different one you're not seeing the cd you're not seeing anything you're just like you're in a, in your hotel room you go to a competition you come back and end of the day and you're traveling back the next day even the nights you're tra- traveling back you know mm-hmm. so it's um during the may uh, june i had like uh, three or four weekends in a row like competing traveling airplanes and everything and it was exhausting it really was exhausting and i really really don't know i was talking with this with other athletes i really don't understand how for example asitskin and levchenko they are at every single meeting that exists and i don't know how they do this because first of all my body is not following and mentally it's physically exhausting like you're just in the plane you know waiting in the line sitting in a plane taking off waiting on the bus and it's a lot of waiting actually because the meetings sometimes are in the big cities, but most of the time it's like small cities. So you have four hours bus and 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 stuff like that. Like I remember, um, one of the biggest competition was a world challenge this year. It was in Turku, Finland. Um, on the way back, so I was jumping. I I think I jumped at 6 p.m. Then I had my uh, kind of lunch night. I mean night at. I went to bed at tw- uh, at 11 p.m. and in the morning at three. I think I had to wake up because we had four hours driving the bus and then we had to take the plane. And then I was in Brussels at 8 a.m. And I was just like, I mean, two hours with the with the bus. And I was like, that's exhausting because it's not it's not 100% perfect for the athletes. How can you just do this and then take another plane to another country and to jump somewhere there? Like, it's exhausting for me. And even though I love traveling, all the training camps, it's so much fun. I mean, it's fun. it's like... You know, you go with all your friends and you just mm. go on train sun and everything is perfect and that's nice. But um, the competition stuff, it's it's tricky. And um, next year, I know I have to make this way better because like there is there are good competitions in Belgium. I mean, most of the time, the nice ones are away, of course, but I have to find like good ones in Belgium and not so far away because then my body is not following and I get tired. And I twist my ankle. That was the day when I came back from Finland. Legit, that day was worst day of my life. I um I destroyed my car, not 100%, but tiny bit. I had an accident, and then I twist my ankle the afternoon. I was like, it's not my day. Yeah. <laughs> I was so tired and it was so bad. So yeah. You talk about the traveling. Um, we spoke with Emily Borthwick, um, and she was talking about the funding in high jump. Um, how have you found the funding in high jump? Because she, uh, she told us that she works on the side to sort of fund herself to go to like the meets and things like that um how have you found that uh, or have you been all right in that sense well um my, i have a really good manager who, <laughs> who is uh, doing a really good stuff so <laughs> yeah. the competition he's in charge of this and uh, it doesn't cost me anything to go to competition or if it costs me it's really i mean not a lot so He's okay. always negotiating uh, for the flights and the hotel, and sometimes even the hotel of the coach to be taken by the organization. So, on that part, I'm I'm, I'm quite uh, I'm quite good, and thanks to him, he's doing an amazing job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're sponsored by Puma. Is that is that right? Yes. Let's see, there is the Puma truck is on there. Yeah, exactly. Wrapping Puma. <laughs> no, but that's, the gold that's the one thing. is the gold one for the future gold medal. I don't know when, but oh, okay. <laughs> that's that's the thing. It's like sponsors and in, in, in that type of sport is so important as well. Um, I think Emily didn't have any sponsors at the time, so yeah. um, yeah, yeah. It's small things like that that you don't see, but it's so important. 
And even it's like recognition, you know, I mean, it's stupid, but I mean, I no, think yeah. I'm a girl and I look at the others and when you're competing and you have no, no sponsors or, or nice outfits, like, and you're just wearing your team uh, club thing of Belgium, you're just like, fuck, I'm not them. And as long as you, the sponsors come, you're just like, okay, they believe in me. They, they know how some potential that give, also gives you confidence. And you go to the meet and you have the, the nice outfit, the competition outfit, and you just feel more comfortable, uh, comfortable. And, um, it is important and uh, thanks to them they trusted me so nice nice this year i have to jump high so <laughs> yeah you need to go away and have a word with puma and get them to uh, sponsor us <laughs> yeah <laughs> we want a sponsor as well <laughs> no but um outside of sport um so there we've talked about um you competing and things like that let's talk about you outside of sport how do you sort of disconnect from high jump horse riding my mom is still riding and so sometimes i just i love animals like it's just so peaceful you just look at them and all the troubles are away, go away and it's just so chill so when i'm really in a down mood she just says ali come come to me with um to the um, to the horse uh stable stable yes yeah, and yeah. uh it's just I, I just see the horse and just looking at him and sometimes just take him for a walk because I cannot ride him. So I just take him for a walk and he's just eating his grass and I'm just looking at him for an hour and a half and I'm happy. Like, <laughs> no, it's, it's that stupid. It helps me to disconnect. Like during this, um, the Olympic part, it was uh, the opening ceremony was just awful to watch. Like I was crying everything. It was, it, I, w I was just desperate. And uh, my boyfriend, he lived in France and I was staying at his place. And um, I was just going on a walk and watch the cows because I love cows also. Like, you know, all those peaceful animals, you just look at them and all the troubles goes away. And just, just like in the end, it's just, it's just, awesome. it's just ridiculous. You know, I mean, I'm doing everything I love. I mean, I have the opportunity, I have the chance to have the potential and everybody believes in, believing in me to do the, the thing, my passion. And it, when it's not going well, I'm just like, chill, enjoy the nature, just relax. And uh, mm. in the end, yeah, I'm also watching some stupid stuff, but I'm not going to mention them over here because then, you know. <laughs> okay. We're the same with dogs. Um, whenever we're stressed, we go and uh, see our dogs. But um, do you have a horse? Like, no. actually, actually yours? Oh, no. Uh, no, 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 no. Maybe when, in the future. When I'm, when I'm 30 plus. I told you, 30 years end of my, my career and then I'm, I'm starting my horse, babies and everything. But <laughs> Okay. Where do you do your horse riding, actually? Am I in, in Brussels? Yeah, I mean, it's 25 minutes away from Brussels, so it's not that far. So it's good. Decent. Yeah. Decent. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing horse riding for like maybe 10 years. So it's, uh, it's really important for me. And uh, mm. yeah. Animals are really, really important. Even the birds, like in my garden, in the morning, I'm just taking my breakfast, watching, looking at the birds and discussing with my mom about the birds in the garden. Like we just, we just love nature and it helps to us to cool down and to be chill and relaxed. Yeah, I was, um, as I'm sure a lot of this is no, I, I do gardening on the side so for, for my studies. And I was um, in a garden today and right at the bottom, he had like goats and sheep. And there was just something so like peaceful about, especially when he like the customer came come out and gave me a cup of tea. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> the biscuit. Typical English. Um, yeah. It was just so peaceful to like see the animals just like running around and like the nature's got trees all in the back. Like it was just so nice, so peaceful. Yeah, I mean, switch off. My, my my boyfriend he lives in uh, in the mountains in uh, in uh, in France nearby the Mont Blanc and stuff like, oh, okay. like really high, and. 
it really helped me to disconnect from all the the noise and everything that's happening in Brussels because Brussels is a big city and it's just at some point I also figures like Brussels is nice but every time I come back to Brussels all the pressures come back and all my troubles comes back and and I really feel this even more and I'm just like now I know I have to disconnect more and to go away a lot because Every time I step into Brussels, I get more more tension in me and I'm more nervous, more stressed and everything comes back. All the troubles comes back. And mm. I don't know how to balance this now. And uh, when I'm going away, coming back and stuff, but I, I know I have to manage this because it's it's not quite healthy. Like, I don't know. It's, it's hard to describe because I've, I grew up here. Everything I've done is in Brussels, but... I don't know. Every time I step, I come back. All the stress comes, even at the airport. Already at the airport, the the plane is landing. And I'm just like, fuck. Like this is the the daily life again, and all the everything comes back. Yeah. And it's annoying. The rain, the gray <laughs> skies. <laughs> yeah. I think future Claire needs to invest in a farm and, and get all the farm but animals. You know, out. like I've, I read this a lot, like a French guys, a businessman at 50 years old, they just throw it away and they just go uh, like um, becoming shepherd and stuff like that. Like yeah. just, they just explode at some point. And, uh, and I already can kind of feel this. So I know I, I need animals around me. I need to kind of live away uh, from the city and it's going to be all right. Yeah, there's a documentary on um, Amazon Prime, uh, Cl- Jeremy Clarkson's farm. And it like I've never seen like uh, farming really in that light. But I mean, I'm even interested in getting a farm now just from watching that documentary. It looks class. <laughs> it, it's hard work, though. Like, it is, it is. Long hours as well. Long hours. Yeah, yeah. Early, staying up late, for sure. You, yeah, you're basically the whole day you're physically working. So but yeah, I, I guess I you're doing think- that anyways. I didn't think today that I'd be talking about owning farms and things. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. In terms of all our questions for you, they were all the questions, but we asked our social media if they've got any questions for you. Um, and this is just a segment where we reel them off one for one and uh, yeah, get your insight into their questions. So the first one is, what tips would you give a young high jumper who would like to make it at the highest level? Well, as I said, um, be passionate, like keep, if you have the passion, just keep it like, keep it as much as possible and, and just work hard and dedicate yourself to what you want. If you really want something, you're going to get it. No matter what it is, if you want it, you're just going to get it and just give your best and uh, try your best. And even though if it's not happening, at least you gave your best. And that's also what I'm always telling myself, like, if it's not, if it's not happening, it's all right. I give 100%. And if it's not enough, well, it's not enough. But at least I tried my best and uh, we'll see what the future holds for you, you know. Mm. So second question. Actually, I'm going to ask you, are you watching Colanta this year? No. Oh. No, okay. I love, I love Colanta. Okay, every single stupid TV reality stuff I'm watching. I love it. But this year, Colanta, it's always the same dude. And, and I mean, Team Claude forever because he's amazing. But obviously but um it's it's the same like you know when you use every single one again and again and again i mean it's 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 too much because the question was who do you think is going to win konota this year well it's going to be close whatever i mean yeah. I, I know he's not but i want him so bad so so bad so he's going to do it Oli, this is a show that you criticize me every uh, week for uh, for watching. It cuts into our gaming time. <laughs> yeah, I don't play FIFA when it's uh, when it's on. They've put it on Tuesday now, which is really weird. Yeah, it's it's really weird. It's really annoying. But uh, yeah, he he every week he criticizes me for watching it. But I'm like, 
you don't know what you're missing mate you don't know what you're missing is a religion like with my mommy we recorded and everything it's a religion ask everyone that's watching like you have to watch like since it's been years like maybe even 20 years now it's been yeah i mean yeah it's it's amazing i think the uk version is sort of like um like something that all those brits watches i'm a celebrity get me out of it yeah. And that's like every as soon as that comes on, every all families sit down and, and watch that. <laughs> is the it weeks like that or is it more like Survivor or something? It's like they go into a forest. And it's all like celebrities and stuff that's yeah. like picked, um, and it's all about not necessarily surviving, but it's like challenges and things like that. Um, and then they win food for for the camp, um, but some drama happens and things like that. So and it's a really good show. And the presenters like Anton Beck, renowned absolute. <laughs> Do Those not guys diss. are so cringy. Do... What? <laughs> Claire, trust uh, me, Konanta. I've watched both. Konanta is ten times better than Celebrity. I just don't have an answer to slander on this. Friendships are doing better. <laughs> right, last question. What was it? Human. What are some goals you would like it to achieve next season? Um, this season, very simple, like my goal is obviously the outdoor competitions, like world champs and European champs. Hopefully if I can go to both and do something good, it would be nice, but I don't know this year, not, but future goals, of, of course, I think same as every single athlete, if I can get a, a nice gold medal at the Olympics, that would be amazing. I'm not quite sure I'm going to be able to do it, but at least that's, that, that's my goal. And, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm more in the mood, like, you know, just give your best. We'll see what's going to happen because stop overthinking, panic if you're going somewhere or not and just like, let's go. But obviously I have a high goals, but eventually it's, it's going to happen or not, you know? Yeah. If you don't set your goals high, you're never going to reach high. So yeah, I mean, that's something. Um, a decathlete from Belgium at some point, my very first uh, training camp with like, you know, when you're 12, 13, you're just going to the little training camp uh, organized by the Federation. And uh, he's go- he said to us, like, my goal was to go to the Olympics. And I made it to the Olympics. Maybe if my goal was a bit higher, I would have done something better. But when you achieve your goal, like, you did it. You did it. Mm-hmm. What's next then, you know? And he told me this when I was 13 years old. I was like, I'm not going to make that mistake. So my goal is higher. And uh, eventually, I mean, if I'm Olympic champion, like, what can you ask for? Like, everything is done. So, but at least it helps you to, to give more and more every single day. So, yeah. 100%. 100%. No, but in terms of all the questions, they were all the questions we had for you. I really enjoyed this episode. Thanks so much for uh, sharing this time with us. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. It was really yeah. nice. And good okay. better than anything in the UK. So never, never watched it in the UK. So <laughs> we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> no, but um normally during this moment, I give the guest a, uh, a moment to shout anything out that they've got going on. All your socials and that will be in the description of the YouTube video. So is there anything you want to say or no, thank you for watching. It was a really nice moment. And uh, yeah, people just go on my social media, follow me. I need some energy, I need some power. And uh, yeah, but it, it's really nice. It yeah. was not, it wasn't okay. nice thing. Perfect. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you could please share this with your friends or someone you would feel for benefit from it. Most importantly, like, subscribe, comment down below any questions or guess you'd like us to get on in the future. Also, go follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Links will be in the description of the YouTube video. Other than that, thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next one.